gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in the spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome. Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. What's up, Happy Lifers? The Roman officer walked down into the hall of the galley to speak to the 150 slaves, all chained to the oars, who made this massive ship of war move. He told the one who beat the drum to which they all oared to, to pause, to which he got a huge sigh of relief, because these oarsmen have been oaring for hours on end. They've been out in the ocean for days and weeks, so to have a pause, they couldn't believe it. To which the Roman officer said, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. What do you want to hear first? Well, the slaves, first of all, couldn't believe that he asked them. But they knew they couldn't handle any more bad news. They were so wiped out, so they all said, Give us the good news. Yeah, we want the good news. He said, Well, the good news is you get a half-hour break. They couldn't believe it. Life just got them. They've never had a break uh, for more than 10 minutes, and they're going to get a half-hour break? To which some oarsmen said, Excuse me, sir, what is the the bad news? To which the Roman officer says, The bad news is the boss wants to go water skiing after. <laughs> Lewis and Clark were, were on their adventure, and, and uh, they, they came to everyone that, that part of the expedition and said, We have some good news and we have some bad news. Which would you like to hear first today? Well, they too were worn out from, from their journey and trying to explore and, and discover America. And, and uh, they said, well, you better give us the good news. Well, Lewis and Clark said, the good news is we've covered more than 50 miles today. That's more than we've ever covered on our entire trip. 50 miles. Wow, they all cheered. No wonder they were so tired. They're all excited. And to which one of them said, well, then what is the bad news? He says, well, the bad news is we're lost. <laughs> Have you ever felt like that before? Like you're gaining ground, but you don't know where you're going. <laughs> I know I can relate to that. Uh, about the men of Charlie Company had been in the field for two weeks when when the sergeant came and announced. I mean, they'd been out in the field and in the heat of battle, and 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 then just smelled the high heaven. And the the sergeant came out and announces, "I've got good news and I've got bad news. What would you like to hear first? Give us the good news, sir." Well, the good news is you all get a change of underwear. Wow, they couldn't believe it. They said, that's amazing. I mean, we've been out here for weeks. What's the bad news? Well, the bad news is, Smith, you change with Jones. Andrews, you change with Murphy. Murphy, you change with Johnson. <laughs> I got some I got some more. Uh, hang on. <laughs> These are good news, bad news scenarios for a pastor. I know what it's like to work in a church and and here's some good news and bad news for some pastors who who work in a church. The good news is 
you baptized seven people today in the river. The bad news, you lost two of them in the current. Good news, the women's group voted to send you a get well card. Bad news, the vote passed by 31 to 30. (laughs) The good news, the pastor and board accepted your job description just the way you wrote it. The bad news, they were so inspired by it that they called their district superintendent to send someone able to fulfilling that position. The good news, the trustees finally voted to add more church parking. The bad news, they're going to blacktop your front lawn. (laughs) Good news, the church has grown in numbers dramatically the last three weeks. The bad news, you were on vacation. (laughs) Good news, the biggest critic just left your church. Bad news, he's been appointed superintendent of your district. (laughs) Good news, your youth finally came to your house to visit you. The bad news, it was in the middle of the night and they were armed with toilet paper, eggs, and shaving cream. The good news, your board is sending you overseas on a missions trip. The bad news, the ticket is one way. (laughs) Lastly, uh, I'm sorry, if, if you had never been a part of a, 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 a church situation, this might not be as funny to you as it is to me, but just bear with me. I only have one more. The good news is the church board has agreed to send you to the Holy Land for study. The bad news, they're waiting for the war to break out first. <laughs> Why did I say all that? Well, because this last week, couple weeks, has been good news, bad news, hasn't it? I mean, there's so much stuff that we can talk about today. I, I've been talking about Camp Daniel and saying how I want to talk about what happened to me this summer and because and, I, I learned a lot of stuff from being around people with disabilities all summer. And, man, it just increased my happy life by a large amount. Um, so I, I want to talk about the, the, um, the, the thing that I – the new ideas that I've gotten from it, the things that I've learned from it. and uh, But it's also the start of the NFL season, right? And uh, so this last week was the, the first games, and uh, hopefully your team won. And if they didn't win, hopefully you, you got over that. Uh, but there's also, uh, you know, you got, you got the Hurricane Harvey, you got Hurricane Irma. I mean, you, you, how do you, what do you say to somebody? For all those of you in Houston or have family in Houston, or for all those of you in Florida, I've got family in Florida. And it really hit home when it, it, it hits your own family, right? And what do you say other than, man, I am, I am really sorry. <clears throat> I am, I, that, that's got to just be terrible. And, and as Charles Buck would say, terrible. Oh, that was terrible. But that's got to be just, whew, I mean, how do you bring something happy to something like that? I mean, we're still getting over Katrina. I mean, it has just begun. There's still a lot of work now, and, and now that the hurricanes have passed, and I, I think it's really cool that, that by the time that Irma hit Florida, it had gone from a Category 5 down to a Category 2. And I swear uh, the news channel that I was watching was sad about it because, I mean, you know, beforehand they're all getting everybody geared up and saying this is a, a Category 4 now. Boy, by the time it hits Florida, it's going to go over open water. It's going to build. It could be a Category 5. It could be a Category 200. You know, I mean, they were just, you know, all the drama that goes with news a lot of the times. And then when it hit Florida, and I, I, 
I know a lot of people that were praying, and I want to get to an Einstein quote here for a sec- in a second. But when it hit Florida, it had gone all the way down to a Category 2, and I swear some of those reporters were disappointed. It wasn't as big of a story, but I think it was still a huge story. And I also think it's cool that it dropped down to a Category 2. Einstein said this. He said, there's only two ways to live your life. One is though everything were a miracle, and the other is though nothing were a miracle. And for those that live life as though nothing were a miracle, um, you would see that as coincidence. You would see that as the people of Florida were lucky. But for the people that live as though everything were a miracle, I think it's easier to live a happy life when you see everything as a miracle. It changes your perspective. It's changing my perspective on life, and it's changing my perspective on the difficult things that, that I go through now. Because when I see everything as a miracle, I see, God, that was really cool that you brought that down from a Category 5 to a Category 2. Because I know there were thousands of people out there praying for their loved ones, for their friends, for their family, for other people out there. So how do you bring um, happy life to that? How do you tie all those together? Because I didn't want to uh, just ignore the fact that the hurricanes hit, but I also felt like I had other stuff I want to talk about. And I didn't want to, I always like to tag on what's going on right now in society. And, and I wanted something big and like the NFL season has started. And, and I, I wasn't exactly sure, you know, how we're going to do that. But as I'm watching the Thursday night game and Houston is playing Cincinnati and uh, I just, you know, I've never cheered much for the, for the Houston Texans. Um, I like JJ Watt a lot, but I really like him now. I mean, here's a guy that uses his influence in, in a, in a happy way. I mean, you've seen the commercials where he comes out and, and someone is running around the track and he comes out with a sign telling them, Hey, keep going. You can do this thing. And they realize, Hey, that's JJ Watt, you know, and you're like, well, that's just a commercial, but he kind of lived out the commercial because that hurricane hit Houston and all of a sudden he starts a, a fundraising campaign to which he's raised over 30. He said, I'm going to give, I love this part. I think one reason it was so successful is he says, I'm going to give the first $100,000 of my money towards the people of Houston. Wow, that's amazing. Well, people followed and the NFL followed and the Texans followed and teams followed and started giving. They have raised over 30 $2 million to help the relief in Houston. So I was really kind of going for the Texans, to be honest with you. Um, and and as, I'm, as I'm watching the game, you know, I just felt like Houston had a really bad game the first week and uh, on Sunday, and then they had the Thursday night game. And, and I was just really hoping, actually Cincinnati had a bad game too from what the announcers were saying, but I just was kind of hoping – Houston could get kind of some good news, you know. And as I'm watching this thing, one of the reporters on the field starts telling this story about how she was talking to Deshaun Watson, who is now the quarterback of the Texans. He had started on Thursday night. And um, he, he, in college, he was the quarterback for Clemson. And uh, they had actually won. Um, well, they went to the final game the, the, of the of the college football the fbs championship played alabama the last two years in a row and the first year they lost i think they lost by like three points and uh and the second year they actually won played alabama and clemson played again deshaun watson was a quarterback both times and this time they beat alabama and they pulled off the last play and they beat them by like three points but also now he's a rookie qb and um and he's starting, and so I'm kind of pulling for him too. And this reporter tells us the story about how she talked to his coach from Clemson, Davo Sweeney, 
who said this? He, he said that you'd be foolish to pass this guy up. This guy is going to be a great NFL quarterback is what he was saying. But this is the quote. He said, this is what I told Deshaun Watson. This is what you've worked for, prepared for, and wanted your whole life. Take what's there. Stay in system when you can. Make plays when you need to. And finally, get ready. Be you. Just be Deshaun Watson. Which takes me to Camp Daniel. And I'm not going to tell the story because I told it two episodes ago. I think it was episode 87. It was the Labor Day special. Um, Happy you. And I talk, tell a story in there about, about a camper who was right in the front row and all night long he kept interrupting what I was saying. Every couple minutes he'd interrupt and all he'd say was, be you. He'd yell at me, be you. And I thought he was fighting me and I realized by the end of the week that he wasn't fighting me. He didn't have a whole lot of words in his vocabulary and he was trying to join in with what I was trying to say. And as the story goes in that podcast, check it out, listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, but if you haven't listened to it yet, then I, I just need to wrap this up real quick. At the end of the camp season, I felt like God said, Steve, that wasn't him telling you to be you. I was using him to tell you to be you. And, and isn't that the answer? That is the answer to, to everything I want to talk about here, to be you. So you've got the, the NFL, the, the Thursday night football. Okay, And in Thursday Night Football, they actually have a quote that says to be you, which is what I wanted to talk about. Anyhow, I just I thought that was crazy. Now, how does that fit into Hurricanes, Harvey and Irma? Well, let me take you to my son. My son went through a couple years in high school, his last year or so, that he just went through some brutal, brutal things that just broke my heart as a dad. And, and as his mom, we were we're just broken over this whole thing. And and this last year, now he's been in college several years. He's getting ready to graduate this year. He just got married this summer. I mean, I got so many things I could talk about. And um, so he just got married this summer. And, and um, he said to me, we were talking about that season of his life. And he said, Dad, I feel like you don't like that season of my life. I mean, do you not like that season of my life? And I was like, well, no, son. I don't like that season of your life because I saw what you went through. I saw the pain that certain people did to you. I saw what, you know, and he said, but Dad don't you like how I am now? And I'm like, well, that's not what I said. He said, but dad, I am who I am now because of that thing that I went through. And I'm telling you, it was brutal. As a parent, as the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I've ever faced as a parent. And um, it was just, it was a hurricane. It was a personal hurricane for my son, but, but it was what made him who he is today. And even though it's hard for me sometimes to think about it, he, I'm so proud of my son. He has embraced it and said, that helped make me who I am. You know, I know it's overplayed, okay? But there's still truth to it. Maybe you need to come up with another way to say it. But, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger unless it's done incorrectly. I mean, while I'm watching the Thursday night game, thinking about uh, the podcast, this commercial comes on. Now it's Jeff Bridges is in it, and it's back in 1836. They're in a wagon train going through the Oregon Trail. Listen to this. You always have a choice. You can choose to ride with the right people, doing things for the right reasons. You'll always end up in the right place. Or you can choose poorly, end up stranded, buzzard circling, drinking rainwater out of your boot promise of a new life, the airport, or all-you-can-eat pancakes, the destination is not what matters. Only it matters how you get there. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. 
you always have a choice. You know, if you do this thing incorrectly, if you go through the hurricane incorrectly, if my son went through his personal hurricane incorrectly, he could be in a victim state right now. He could be in a bad place right now. He, you could take two people that go through the same thing. One does it right. One does it wrong. How do you do it right? Well, I think that commercial said it. You choose to ride with the right people and do things for the right reasons. Right choices always bring about right feelings, but not always right away. Or if you choose poorly, you end up stranded, buzzard circling, drinking rainwater out of your boot. I mean, when something bad happens to me, I've got two choices. I can look at it the happy way or I can look at it the ugly way. I can look at it as though everything were a miracle or as though nothing were a miracle. Because at the end of that commercial, I love it. He says, it doesn't matter what the destination is. That's not what matters. What matters is how you get there. So all the stuff that's been going on, uh, this hurricane, it's a tragic thing. But even the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are you who mourn. That word blessed, um, that's chapter 5 verse 4. That word blessed can actually be translated as happy. Happy are you who mourn. How can you be happy when you mourn? Because when you go through sad stuff and you allow it to do its work inside of you, it can it can change things because the Bible says you will be comforted. But for those that try to act like we're not mourning, for those that fight the fact that we're mourning, we don't want to say everything. You know, you ever meet church people that are always like, oh, I'm blessed. I'm good. You ever met somebody in your workplace that's always like, oh, I'm fine. You ever see the movies where, how are you doing? You just, you know, you just lost your family and your house burnt down and, and you lost your body and all that's left is your head. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I mean, we've been trained to never let them see a sweat. We've been trained to, I'm good, I'm fine, I can fix this thing. Well, when you do that, you don't really mourn. When you don't really mourn, you can't be comforted. Mourning is natural, and it's healthy, and it's good. One translation said, and the NIRV said, blessed are those, or happy are those who are sad. They will be comforted. Man, if you're sad, admit it. Face that sadness, and then comfort is right around the corner. And Jesus was saying those words. I like what this translation, how it did in the message translation. It says um, in verse 3, Matthew chapter 5, you're blessed or you're happy when you're at the end of your rope. Did you hear that? How can I be happy when I'm at the end of my rope? This reminds me of what I want to talk about uh, in in the next week's podcast about what the idea someone came up with happy life. I think it's a brilliant idea. I can't wait to share it with you and get some of your input on it. But how can you be blessed when you're at the end of your rope? Because it goes on and says, with less of you, there is more of God and his rule. God is in control. And the good news is not only that God is in control, but that he loves you a lot. He sent his son. He gave his life for you. That's good news. With less of me, there's more of God and his rule and his control. Verse four, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. And for all those of you that are that are in Houston and, and uh, Florida and and I know you have to feel like you've lost what is most dear to you. But according to Jesus' own words, God's own words, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you because only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. And sometimes we're still trying to hold on to things that we can't hold on to anymore. And when all that is gone, it allows us to, to hold our hands out and allow God, the one who is most dear to us, to embrace us. I like what verse 5 says, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. Just be Deshaun Watson. Get ready, be you. 
Be content with just who you are, no more nor less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. So it's okay to be crappy. (laughs) I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. I'm setting you up for next week. Make sure you check out next week's podcast. But you have gone through a personal hurricane or the actual hurricane right now. Hold on. Be you. If you do this thing right and you make right choices and get yourself around the right positive people, read the right positive posts. If you're reading stuff on Facebook that's making you mad, then stop reading those posts. Don't get into them. Find the posts that are good for you. Find the people that are doing this thing right. Get in the wagon train with the right people. We all go through struggle. We all go through suffering. But find the right wagon train to join. Get around the right people that are going to help you. And you don't have to be a victim. You can be a victor over this whole situation. I know it's difficult. But you can find who you are in this. If you do this thing right, you're going to come out on the other side. Just like my son went through his personal hurricane, he came out on the other side a better person. And you are going to come out on this other end a better person as well. Someone happy and you will be happy too. Thank you for listening. I was terrible. That is not good. <laughs> Steve Ace.